airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We'll try to squeeze in some calls, get your take on our discussion today. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you will stick around for that. Um, before we do that, we want to keep the Marriage Family Life Conference in front of our listeners, letting them know that uh, registration is now open mm-hmm. and um, at a special rate until April 1st. That's right. April 1st uh, ends the early bird uh, discount uh, rate, but you can go to Marriage Family Life dot net right now and you can register for the marriage family life conference happening june 24th through the 26th uh, all information that you would need to know the speakers and you know the, the the layout of the lineup and the schedule and all of that hotel information you can find that at marriage family life dot net so if you go there today you can register and again we have our early rate uh, until april First, so you want to get in now, marriagefamilylife.net. Just a, another thing as far as the mm-hmm. conference, we desire to minister to the whole family. So we have a youth apologetics track uh, for ages 4 to 17. Now, if you have a, a child that's younger than 4, well, they will have to stay with you, you know, uh, and it will be fine. It will be fine. But uh, we do have something for ages 4 to 17 to minister as well. Uh, to our young people. And so we desire that the whole family will be able to come out. So go to marriagefamilylife.net to register. So, you know, it's really neat when um, we have an opportunity. I, let me just say, it's really neat when I have an opportunity to um, apply some of the things that we talk about on this show, like to see those things kind of play out in real time. Mm-hmm. And um, so that happened to me today. But before I talk about that, Let me also say a thank you to one of our listeners who um, sent us this story. And um, I actually got this story from one of our listeners before I even saw it on any other news outlets. And so then when I went to check it out, um, it was everywhere. I was like, oh, whoa, how did I how did I miss that? It's because we were busy all morning. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff going on. And um, so I hadn't had time to see what was going on. But I just want to say thanks to one of our listeners who was like, man, have you guys seen this? Um, let me tell you that story. And then let me tell you the question that I asked and I had an answer and then I'll tell you how I went to the scriptures. Um, and then let the scriptures change my answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause I had an answer okay. when okay. I went to the scriptures. Uh, and then as I searched the scriptures and this is what we talk about all the time on this program, this is why we heavily use the Bible, not in an attempt to be like quote unquote preachy, but to show this is how we live. Mm. This is, This is how we live. Right. So and this is what I was talking about just yesterday that, you know, exegesis versus eisegesis that, you know, when you are exegeting, um, you go to the scriptures. Maybe you have your preconceived notions, your thoughts, your ideas, you know, your culture and the Bible will shape all of that. The Bible will transform that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus eisegesis. You come to the scriptures and then you make the scriptures transform. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. say, no, I want the scriptures to say this. And so that's what you do. Right. Anyway, here is the, the headline here. Christian leaders are reacting to Bethany Christian services, allowing LGBT couples, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender couples to foster and adopt. So this is the information that is out today that Bethany Christian services, Bethany Christian services has decided that it is going to nationally it has, I want to say 34 chapters. It's going to allow it's 34 chapters or I wonder if it's 33 chapters because they're, they're headquartered in Michigan and in Michigan in 2019, they already had to make this decision. Well, they didn't have to, they did make the decision that Mm -hmm. that particular chapter was going to allow for lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender individuals or couples to adopt and foster children through Mm. their agency. Mm -hmm. So now that decision has expanded to all of its chapters all across the country, wherever there is a Bethany Christian services. That's the story in a nutshell. We'll kind of drill down into it. Um, But I want to talk about the question that I had. Well, I guess before I talk about the question, I have to say why the question came up. Okay. So I was reading this article. Mm Mm-hmm. And let me read the article to you here, and, 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 then, and then it'll make better sense. Okay. Uh, Christian leaders have expressed disappointment after Bethany Christian Services, the largest Protestant adoption and foster agency in the United States, announced it will now be offering its services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender couples. I want you to know that in this article are just a bunch of letters put together. Right, but those letters mean something. And so I'm on purpose (laughs) making sure Mm -hmm. that you understand what the letters Mm -hmm. represent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Because we have gotten lost in our culture in abbreviations and acronyms and letters and all of these things, and we don't take time to stop and think about what we are saying. Okay, I'll continue. On Monday, the Michigan-based group announced it will begin placing children in lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender families nationwide. (laughs) In a statement to the Christian Post, Nathan Bolt, I guess is how you say the last name, Mm -hmm. senior vice president of the historically evangelical organization, said that faith in Jesus is at the, quote, core, Mm -hmm. end quote, of their mission, but they are not claiming a position on the various doctrinal issues about which Christians may disagree. (laughs) So when I read that, my question was, um, and this is the, this is the question for the show. My question was, is sexuality doctrinal? (laughs) Is human sexuality doctrinal? Okay. So I was like, okay, is this a, is this, is, is sexuality a um, doctrinal issue? Mm. Where we just, you know, get to say, well, this is, you know, according to our doctrine and, and things like that. And so, so let me just tell you, let me just tell you guys, this is like real transparent. So when I ask the question, when I'm looking at this response coming from Bethany Christian Services, I asked that question, is sexuality doctrinal? Mm. You know, and I was so, con- I, like, I asked the question like it was just hypothetical, yeah. you know. And, and so my answer before going to the scriptures was, um, no, <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> of course, it's not doctrinal, right? I mean, it's it, you know, and so so then I go to the scriptures because I then I ask the question, you know, so what does the scripture or what do the scriptures teach us about doctrine? Mm. And so as I go to the Word of God and and I'm 
you know, I'm thinking that I'm just going to confirm like my answer, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, no, this is not a doctrinal, you know, question. I mean, that's just a that's an easy kind of like churchy way to say we're departing and then we're going to, you know, it's a, it's doctrine. But actually, actually, it is a doctrinal issue. The Bible says that it is a doctrinal issue. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that, because because if you're like me, you're like, oh, somebody go send help. Mickey's <laughs> gone off. Like, go send help. When you look at the scriptures, the Bible makes it very clear that there are various doctrines, mm-hmm. even some of demons. Mm. Okay. That's true. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. So when you start to look at the scriptures, you realize that it's not just a Christian hide a duck and cover to say that human sexuality is a doctrinal issue. Um, it actually is a doctrinal issue. Now, let me just jump to the end of this and, and so that everybody can breathe with me here. Often when we think of a doctrinal issue, we are thinking of the things that we disagree over that are within the purview of orthodoxy. So we're saying, well, we don't agree on that, but on the major things we agree, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on the major things we're on the same page. And so then when we speak of doctrine, we're often thinking, excuse the word, we're often thinking of nuance in what we believe, <laughs> <laughs> of what we believe here. But actually, when, when you look in scripture at the warnings that um, are written for us about doctrine, um, they're strong warnings. Mm. They're strong warnings. So my question that I came to the scriptures mm-hmm. with was, is sexuality doctrinal? Is it a doctrinal issue? And I came to the scriptures thinking, no, because I'm thinking of, I'm actually thinking only of sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. But the Bible teaches us that <laughs> there are various types of doctrine. And many, many times in the scriptures, we are warned of these doctrines, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to steer clear yeah. of these doctrines that are not sound. Will the greater, you, are, your, your wheels sound like they're spinning. Oh, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, yeah? I'm with okay. you. Okay. Okay. I okay. agree. <laughs> okay. So here's where I want to start because, you know, um, if you're having this conversation with a friend mm-hmm. and your friend says, yeah, well, they just, you know, they're just saying this is a doctrinal issue and they're just an organization. And so they're going to leave it up to churches to decide what their various doctrines are. What I want to do is I want to make the case that, yes, there are various doctrines but there is such a thing as the true doctrine. Yeah. The faith that has, has been be. passed down. Yes. Okay. yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I want to start out. I want to start out in um, Ephesians. And remember, this is the conversation that we're having around Bethany Christian services decision to um, go ahead and go, you know, whole hog on this and say every, um, every chapter all across the country will now have to validate um, what the Bible calls sin what the Bible clearly points out as rebellion against God. Um, Every adoption and fostering agency across the country will have to validate that and will have to place children inside um, what is called families, um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Okay. Um, And so that, that was announced yesterday. So here we go. Um, is sexuality doctrinal? That's the, that's the question here. Um, so I want to look at Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16, right? 
And um, because really, this is heartbreaking. If I if I can just say, like, when, when you think about this and, and as we get to the end of the discussion, I'll bring in some more aspects of what was said um, in the statement coming from Bethany Christian um, and, and then why that is also problematic. But for now, we want to look at doctrine, have a conversation about doctrine. So and, Ephesians. chapter. Oh, go ahead. I was saying, you know, something something about this, too, for for this, uh, quote unquote, evangelical um, agency or organization mm-hmm. to even uh Ad, admit or say not admit but to say that these different groups are families yes is not sound yep. doctrine <laughs> like they're not exactly right you know adhering to the word of god you know so it's it's like man they to they identify it as right as something a, that would be termed what god has already given a term has already defined right you know what i mean god exactly. has already defined this it's it is it's deeply troubling yeah saints like Brothers and sisters, it's deeply, deeply troubling. And and this story could have been summed up by saying, you know, another one bites the dust, right? That, I mean, you, you could say it simply. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not how we really have to be equipped to engage in the culture today. Right. We really have to have, <clears throat> excuse me, a strong biblical apologetic right. for where we stand, for what we stand against, for what we stand for. So, again, we're talking about doctrine. So this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Mm. By human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second, because, again, I want to take you into how, like, when I'm when I'm approaching the scriptures and I'm looking at what's happening in the culture, I'm approaching the scriptures and I'm asking questions. Right. I'm I'm asking questions of the word. Like, and so so I'm looking at this and I go, okay, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And so as I'm reading this, my next question is, what is the Greek word wind there? Mm. Now, you might you might go, well, how do you know to ask what that? I mean, there's all kinds of words. Like, how do you know which word you want to focus on? Well, I would say the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us as we study his word. Amen. So the Lord God wants us to know and unpack. And the Lord wants us to mine out the deep riches of his word. Amen. So when we come back, <laughs> we will take a look at the meaning of this word wind. It might surprise you. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. I could dwell here forever, right here in your holy presence. Nothing could ever be better, better than this. And I could go on and on, singing about your goodness and how your mercy will never end. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Lexi would abide. So Bethany Christian Services, the adoption and uh, foster agency, has decided that it is going to um, allow for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender 
um, so-called couples and families to adopt or foster children through their agency. And they are hiding behind um, focusing on their core mission while allowing Christians to duke it out over doctrinal issues. Mm. Now that's, that's very sleight of hand, yeah. isn't it? Like it's, it's very like, you know, Oh, now you see it. Now you don't. It's, it's <laughs> like, it's Christian and it's doctrine. You guys have to work that out. So, so basically what they are saying is <laughs> that, you know, Christians don't agree on everything. Mm -hmm. And let's add to that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender issues. Let's just say that this is a part of people's various doctrines. And so the question we're asking today is, is sexuality doctrinal? I came to the Bible with the answer and then the Bible gave me the answer. Okay. <laughs> and course. that's what, <laughs> that's what's supposed to happen. Right. Um, so we're having a conversation around that. So I, I was, as we went to the break last segment, looking at Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16, where um, the apostle Paul is writing that, you know, the, basically the, the body has been equipped to have everything that we need so that we could all be built up mm -hmm. um, so that we don't have to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. All right. So just one among many. And of course, we can't exhaust them all because we only have a few minutes here. But just one among many examples that we will talk about, um, at least on this show, about various doctrines, that there are different types of doctrines, yeah. even some of demons. Okay. <laughs> doctrines of demons mm -hmm. that exist. Um, but I was I was kind of drawn into this word wind here, um, carried about by every wind of doctrine. And for some reason, historically, when I have read this passage, I have thought about like um, people sort of saying, oh, have you heard the latest teaching? And then going over there and then, oh, have you heard this? And then kind of going over there. And kind it seems the really wind blows too. as the wind. Blo exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just like, yes, exactly right. And And for some reason. I've never thought about studying it. Like, what, what exactly does it mean? Well, I'm glad I did today because when you actually look up this word, um, the, the Greek transliteration is animos, animos. And this word actually is a strong gust of wind. Mm. It is a storm force wind mm. that Paul is writing about. This word that is, man, it blows my mind. The Bible is so rich. This word that is used in Ephesians is the same word that is used in Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 through 27. I'm going to read it to you. I could just tell you about it, but I'm going to read it to you because I think it is so profound for us to understand that when we are talking about false doctrine, we are not talking about <laughs> something that is just like, oh, you know, they just kind of liked it. And then they just went right. We're we're talking about in in some cases and in many cases something that overtakes people Yeah. before yeah. you know it, it oh, is man. boom, it is upon you mm. and it is overtaking you. Right? So this same word when that's in Ephesians is the word that is used in Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 through 27. I'm going to read, just listen to this. Right. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds. <laughs> That's the same word that Paul uses when he talks about every wind of doctrine. So we are talking about the type of wind that could capsize a boat. 
We're talking about the type of wind that caused the disciples to be like, come on, if we don't get up, like we come on, save us, mm-hmm. help us. Don't you, don't you care? You know what I mean? So, so this is not like, oh, just let's go walk for a breeze. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're just like wandering into a new doctrine. This is something that overtakes people, right? So yeah. we know that there are different types of doctrine and we know that the influence of these doctrines are strong. Again, talking about doctrine, is sexuality a doctrinal issue? You remember when the Apostle Paul was writing to Titus and um, he was talking to Titus about the quality of elder that he was to put in place. And so you remember in Titus, uh, Titus chapter one, verse nine. And again, I'll just flip to it. Titus chapter one, verse nine. Um, the Apostle Paul writes um, to this person who would be an elder in the church. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. OK, hold mm-hmm. firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict him. Mm -hmm. So here again, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, so clearly what the Bible is teaching us is that there is such a thing as sound doctrine. And so then the converse must also be true that there must be unsound doctrine, right? So not only does the apostle Paul tell Titus that he's got to choose elders, This is the reason he's left in Crete. You've got to choose elders who um, are sound in their doctrine. But then in chapter two, verse one, the apostle Paul actually tells Titus himself that you've got to teach Mm -hmm. what accords with sound doctrine. Now there's something else here that just really kind of blew my mind. And then we'll go back to this article on Bethany Christian services who really thinks, or I don't know that an organization can think. Let me just say the people at the organization, okay? Because they um, say they're an evangelical, a Christian group, right? A, a service. Yes, yes. Agency, yeah. Yes. And and so I would say that it appears that this is an attempt to seem virtuous, mm. right? This is, you know, I hate to just reduce it to virtue signaling, but it does seem like this is an attempt to be virtuous, to say you guys can slug it out over there over your doctrine. Okay, but what we're trying to do is place children. And and I'm going to ask a serious Man. question. Go ahead, Will. No, ahead. but when you said that, I, the, immediately what comes to my mind is, you know, is this just a, a, a agency or do they really care about children? Well, I think that's the that's the question like they, you that know? we must now answer based on their repositioning. Yeah. And 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 man, we'll take a look at it, but one of their like, you know, their verses, their like mission verses begs a huge question. I, I, I don't know if I use that right. We learned how to use that in our Sunday morning, Sunday school. <laughs> when you're begging the question, I think I use it improperly. But anyway, I want to ask a question. That's what I want to say. <laughs> um, you know, but before we do that, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll finish up and then I want to go back to this because I want to have a conversation around more of what they said here, Bethany Christian Services. Um, and, and Romans chapter 16. Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting as well. All of the scriptures are, <laughs> right. are interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to find other ways to emphasize my point here. But uh, Romans chapter 16, um, verses 17 through 18. And, and, and again, because we're talking about doctrine. And, and the thing that really grabbed me about this story is using, using Christian words to deceive Christians. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
And and that's what I that's why I'm drilling on this, guys, because when you tell a person, well, that's a question of doctrine, it would make a Christian feel like, oh, okay, because they're just certain things that, you know, this denomination believes this and that denomination believes that. And it seems like it's um, but but we're all we're all orthodox. here. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that there is unsound doctrine, that there are lies and deception um, that get pushed among members of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we are to be on our guard against that. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Listen to this. So here's the Apostle Paul um, giving his final instructions as he comes to the close of, of his letter to the Romans, right? He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. It's amazing to me that in order to, to highlight, to underscore the sound doctrine Paul continues to go back to what you have been taught, what you have been taught. Yeah. So, so this is what you have received. So in other words, when there are these newfangled things that come out, these, these new ideas, these new concepts, these new doctrines, we are to test those against what we already have. Mm-hmm. What's already established. Okay. Yes. I just, what we already have, we're, we're holding it up against what we already have, what's already been handed down to us. All right. So he says, avoid them. Verse 18, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Mm. And this is very important here. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. They deceive the hearts of the naive. Now, again, when you look at this scripture and you and, and you read that the Apostle Paul is saying, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles. This word obstacles. Okay. When I have looked at this, I have thought, like, you know, when you think of an obstacle. Something to get in the way, like, you know. A stumbling, stumbling block. block. Yes, yeah, right. Trip you up, you know. Something that is obvious. Man, it's so great that you use the word trip. Okay. Because actually, this word literally is the stick that is used for the bait of a trap. Mm. This word obstacle. So so it's a trip wire, mm-hmm. if you will. It is the stick. Like you think of a stick holding the box up. Boom, you hit the stick and then the box mm-hmm, falls on mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing to me about this is that the whole like lure of a trap and the thing that is the trip wire is that you don't see it. Mm. You know, that it's subtle enough. So you're going after something else maybe. And and then you hit that. Boom. And then the bigger thing falls on you, the cage or the box or whatever it is right. that is meant for your entanglement. <laughs> and wouldn't this have to be true in context when you look at what Paul goes on to say after he says, watch out for this um, this obstacle. It's uh, scandalone. Scandalone is the transliterated Greek word there. And it, it is literally the stick that causes the trap to fall. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Man, okay, love your Bible. Love the word of God. But look at how as Paul goes on, he says that these people do not serve the Lord Christ, but their own appetite. And Mm. look at this. He says, by smooth talk and flattery. Isn't that isn't that sort of like the visual that you get when you think of this? Okay, it's a trap. If people know that it's a trap, they probably wouldn't go into it. Right. So there's got to be something that pulls them along. And at that point that they hit that stick, boom, it closes in on them. So what now we're saying is that there are um, spaces (laughs) that can be carved out about 
human sexuality, and we can call that doctrinal discussion, but still try to give the picture that it's it's all orthodox here. Right. We're we're all like saying the same thing. It's just, you know, we this doctrine believes that, you know, they they mm. they believe you're gonna go through the tribulation. They believe you're not gonna go through the tribulation. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just like they believe that two men can raise children, you know, or a man who is now a woman can raise children. And and so and 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 that's all it's a doctrinal issue. Yeah. Guys, this is um this is wicked. Okay? This deception, this strong arming of the body, members of the body of Christ, those who are um, prone to kind of give in to this. This is wicked. If you turn back to this article and we look at it, this is their statement. I'm going to quote them here. They say, we acknowledge that discussions about doctrine are important, but our sole job is to determine if a family, if a family can provide a safe, Stable environment for children. Unlike many other child and family welfare organizations, Bethany is committed to partnering with churches to find as many families for vulnerable children as possible. And we seek to place children with families that share our mission. For us to carry out our mission, we are building a broad coalition of Christians, finding families and resources for children in the greatest need. The people we serve deserve to know they are worthy of being safe, loved, and connected. The need is great, so we are taking an all-hands-on-deck approach. I'll just wrap up with this last part from their statement. We believe that Christians with diverse beliefs can unify around our mission of demonstrating the love and compassion of Jesus. It's an ambitious mission and we can only accomplish it together. That ends my quote there. I want to pick up with something else. This group said that um, according to this article, it abides by Matthew 25 40. And it's referred to in this article reference in this article. I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Right. So it's whatever you've done unto the least of these. Mm -hmm. So my question is, can people at Bethany tell me that they would entrust and, and please excuse me for asking this question. And in this way, I mean, no offense to any member of the body of Christ. I mean, no offense. But I am sincerely asking the question. Can the staff, can the leadership of Bethany Christian Services really genuinely tell me? that they would entrust the care of Jesus as a baby, as a young boy to a man who now believes he's a woman <laughs> and is so-called quote unquote married to a woman who now believes she's a man. Are you truly telling me that what you are doing to these children is what you would do to the Messiah? Are you, please tell me that that's what you mean. Because that's, that's, I, I just Man. find that hard to believe. You're yeah. saying, whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. So you want us to believe that you would place Jesus in a family with a transgendered couple. That's what, that's what, 
That's what you're telling me. If you can sincerely look me in the eye and tell me without lying to your conscience, if you can tell me, yeah, that's what we're saying. Um, I still won't believe you. I can, <laughs> can I just tell you the truth? I still won't believe you. But at least you'll have been forced to answer the question. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings or doctrines of demons. Mm -hmm. Doctrines of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was Faithful, and C. Micah, and Jay Carter, and Pilo Jetson. Um, we'll open the phone lines up, and I'll just continue. I'll, I have some additional comments to make, but I'll allow Sherry B. some time to get our listeners' calls queued up. Um, your thoughts on the topic today at 888-589-8840. <clears throat> Excuse me, 888-589-8840. Sherry B. is in Studio CC, and she'll take your calls. Um, there was a time... Will, where mm-hmm. we used to talk about fatherlessness and we would talk about the effects of this on children, um, on girls, on boys. And, um, you know, we all agreed, even yeah. even those who were not privy to the science, you know, all agreed that God's design for family right. is a husband and a wife and that that is the unit. And into that unit, um, according to the will of God, children are born, children right. come, children are adopted. And... Um, you have this this picture that is painted of like a completion. Like this is what children need. God yeah. is infinitely wise. Right. And now we're at a place where, um, you know, I well, we're Romans one. You yeah. know, yeah. Man is continually claiming to be wise. Yeah. You know, he's com- com- claiming to be wise. That's right. And um, but showing the folly that is man left to himself. Yeah. And so we are taking children and we are we're not just saying, you know, um, it's fine if a kid is raised in a motherless home or a fatherless home. We're not just saying that we're saying it's fine for a kid to be raised in a home where there is pre-established confusion. Man. We know that it's we know that there's look confusion how quickly there. this stuff is is degrading and going down, yes. you know, yes, like, man, like these conversations that we're having today a few years ago. You know, it would have been like, ah, I don't know. No, nah, I wouldn't get there. And and the most egregious thing to me is that the church and the Christian community, you know, is bowing down and falling down, you know, yeah. before uh, this agenda, you know, yeah. the sexual deviance. What are we afraid of? Like, what do you, Man, what do you think? We have the why, word of God. I don't know. Why I mean, is there such fear? We must love know. the world. Like, it has to be like a fear of man, like love, love of the world. Because why would we even... You know, why can't why couldn't we just stand on the truth of God's word? You know, if you're a, a Christian, a Christian organization, a pastor, a church, like why? we? Why, that's the good, a good question. Why are we mm-hmm. bowing down to this? 
Yeah, I, I would say also too, it um what gets called into question is our allegiance. And I think that um where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Well, I think that the Bible says that. And in this case, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think that when you have organizations that are sort of like under the thumb of, you know, the money they get from the federal government or the money they get from government outlets, like I, I think then you have to start looking at your practices, right? Yeah. You have to say, well, um, if we want to continue receiving certain types of funding, then we've got to change on our core values. We've got to shift away from that. I know a few months ago mm. there were several so-called um, Christian organizations that came out and, mm -hmm. and signing petitions and the whole thing about, you know, if you are a Christian organization and you receive funding from the government, then you should allow kids to be adopted by um, all types of families. Uh, again, under right. the name Christian, right? right? So you've got nominal, you know, nom in name only yeah. uh, Christians who are saying, no, you should, you should do this. But I think ultimately, I think there's fear. And then I think there's like a lack of trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, what if I'm cut off from government funding? Then, yeah. then, then, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, what am I, what am I going to do? Because yeah. there's no way I could believe in the type of provision that would require me to, you know, take it from the mouth of a fish. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like I, I don't, there's no way that I could Man. believe in that type of provision. It's got to be the strong hand and the ever, you know, um, present, you know, arm of the government that that alone can help us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I, I wonder about the accountability of organizations. I mean, just in general, in in the context of, you know, the Christian community, because if you have a, an organization doing this, like it seems like there should be some type of like I, I'm sure they have a board or I guess they're all with uh, with it. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Like it just seems like. Man, these things that are happening right before our eyes, you know, seem like, you know, in relationship and in Christian community that should be pushed back like mm -hmm. big time. So much so that it's like, OK, yeah, I had a weak moment there. Like we 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 repent. Like, where is that, you know, even on the, the scale of like Christian organizations? And, and I don't know. It just seems yeah, like there I, has to be more accountability. And, and I don't know. I feel like the way we have distance ourselves within the context of the body. Yeah. I don't know how you get that. You know what I'm we saying? Like, it. I feel like everybody, <laughs> absolutely we do. And there's a reason that it is ours, you know, from the beginning. And there's a reason that there is accountability, but I think you have so many splinters, if you will, yeah. that, and people just kind of cart themselves off. Right. Um, anyway, let's, let's go to the phone lines. Will the great, All where right. do we go first? All right, let's go to Ron in Ohio. Hi, Ron. Hello, hello, folks, and, and help me out, Mickey. You you say your name so quick at the beginning. I can't. Uh, I want to pronounce your name. Uh, how how do you say it? M Mika or Mickey? No, Mika is only when I'm kind of upset. Mickey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want you upset with me. <laughs> yes. No. 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ron, my name is Mickey. All long ease. Mickey. Well, let me just say that uh, you know this this ties over to yesterday because you were on fire yesterday about that article that that fellow had uh, wrote and today mm -hmm. true to form you were the only one that i hear who will go to the holy spirit and try to get in line with the holy spirit when they're dealing with 
doctrinal issues, Bible issues, whatever. Mm. Uh, you know, our church went through that whole, uh, you know, I, I was with the United Methodists, and mm. a year before last, before the COVID, we went through that whole thing about, uh, you know, uh, the gay uh, issues. You mm-hmm. know, how should we vote this and that and the other thing. And about halfway through the week's worth of uh, discussions, group discussions, I had to bring it up. I said, is there anyone who can find the Holy Spirit in any of this? Mm. And I could, and nobody could, could. They all kind of shame, basically uh, realized that you're kind of right. You know, we, we, we don't know. We mm. really don't know. And uh, so I just have to say that if you I, – I know that article yesterday that that fellow – I know he went through the whole article and didn't mention the Holy Spirit one time. Am I right? No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You are right. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, keep, keep on doing what you're doing. God bless you. <laughs> God Thank bless you, Ron. you, Ron. Thank you so much for that encouragement. Man, I, and, and, and I really appreciate it. I'm going to tell you why. Because we as Christians, we as members of the Lord's body – we have to be willing to do the heavy lifting, Mm -hmm. right? We have to do the heavy lifting. We don't just say, oh, I'm against that, or I think that's wrong. I mean, we can start there, Mm -hmm. but we have a biblical apologetic for where we are in culture at all times. Ready to give a reason. Ready to give (laughs) a, amen, amen. Ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. All right, well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Fred in North Carolina. Hi, Fred. Hello, great to be on the show. Hey, uh, concerning uh, doctrine, you were talking about doctrine. Uh, the whole Bible is doctrine. You can't smorgasbord it. It's God didn't inspire the prophets and holy men of God to write this word. Um, just to have space fillers. Oh, uh, this is the doctrine. <laughs> the Bible says the 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 word of God is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, that's right. For correction and righteousness, all scripture. Exactly, all script, all scripture is. So, what are you going to pick for? You know, how are you going to reprove somebody, especially with the issue with the the homosexual thing? That's where this whole racial thing is ultimately going to lead up to is the homosexual thing. Um, But uh, in understanding the scripture, like you're talking about the exegesis and all that yesterday. You know, and the man just talked about the Spirit of God. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to—that's your antenna. That mm-hmm. agrees with the Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a radio. You've got to turn the radio on. If you have the Holy Ghost, you can open up the Word, and you can see, and the Lord will show you things. Those people are like, like automobile engines out of time trying to figure out this Bible. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> God bless you. To clog, to clog, to clog, to clog, it doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, thank you, Fred. No, God bless you, Fred. I appreciate everything that you just said. I really do. And that is such a that's that's an excellent point that we need to make because we have one consistent message that all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture. Right. All of it. And and so you can't you can't say that this is a Christian doctrine issue when the Bible clearly condemns homosexual practice, homosexuality. It even condemns effeminacy. Mm-hmm. Like we don't talk That's about right. that. Like, right. so it's, it's not even just what you do or who you say you are, but it's even how you carry yourself. <laughs> like guys go back and read it and look at some different translations too, right. because some of them take <laughs> that out. Come and on, man. man, when, when that was brought to my attention by a pastor and boy, once, once you, it makes a difference. Anyways, it makes a difference. 
it makes a big difference. Anyway, thank you, Brother Fred, for your call. Appreciate you. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Judith in Alabama. Hi, Judith. Well, hello, family. God bless hello. y'all. God bless, God bless you. you. Um, I want, you've heard the word rhino, right? Yes. Uh, you know, rhino. Well, I call them senos. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Christian in name only. Yes. But a couple of things I wanted to bring up was I really think eventually they would be hit with it, probably a lawsuit. So I think mm-hmm. we're looking number one at the love of money. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to deceive themselves just because of the love of money. Mm-hmm. And, and they're carnally minded. To be carnally minded yeah. is death. That's right. I believe that all scripture is given to bring correction to what we say, what we think, what we do. And, you know, the word of God judges everything. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to add to what you were saying about wind, which I thought is really good, because you have the word heathen and the root word is heath. And it means to tumble. It has Mm -hmm. no root. And so when you have a wow. heath in the desert, if the wind blows north, where does the heath go? If the wind blows south. So it, we're, heathens are not just the natural brute beast man. Heathens are in the church. They're the terrors. Mm. Mm. Man, that's so, such a great point. You know, I, yeah. So I wanted to bring that up. A, a scripture in Proverbs 1430, you were talking about sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. But the Proverbs in 1430 says a sound heart is the life of the flesh. So we can have sound doctrine, but are our hearts sound? Mm, yeah, no, that's good. Thank and, you, Judith. And, and listen, we were, it's interesting that, that Judith would say that because that's one of the things that we were talking about this weekend with the kids in our fellowship, uh, our Sunday morning mm-hmm. training class. Um, you were talking about yeah. the tongue, right? Yeah. Yeah. And talking about, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. And um, then there was another comment that was made that when we are in the presence of God, like to be trained by the word of God, it's not that you're all of a sudden just trying to like, you know, grab, catch your mouth and like, oh, don't say that. It's that the Lord changes your heart. That's right. Like the Lord gives you a new heart. Like you are transformed, right? As we're reading the word and being steeped in the word. And the problem is, the problem is, is that the members of the body of Christ are number one, we are not praying. Mm. We are not praying. And number two, we are not reading the word of God. We are not reading the word of God. I'm telling you. And, and, and I think far too often we have believed that it's just reserved for certain people. Right. Right. So, so here's Miki, right? (laughs) Obviously not a pastor, but using the word of God every day, Mm -hmm. every day. Like, and, and it's supposed that's, this is what we have, right? The, The word of God is our only piece of offensive equipment. When we talk about the full armor of God. Yeah. The word of God, that's the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And yet we just leave it in its sheath. Like we don't, you know, we don't think about what we have to be able to stand against what is the onslaught of the culture. Um, I don't, I don't know, Will the Great, do we have time to squeeze in one more call? That'd be real quick. Let's go to Lisa in Texas. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Uh, uh, hi, you. No pressure. <laughs> um, real quick. I love your show. I'm encouraged, excited, uh, learning so much. Here's my question. So the, the main answer, I guess, would be answer people from the word. 
Mm-hmm. But if conversationally I'm talking with a person who, good friend, 50s, claims to, you know, he's Christian, he says, raised in the foster care system, much abused, he might say and kind of has implied, I'd have been, it would have been great to be loved by anybody, provided mm-hmm. for not burned, not other issues. What does one say to that person who might say, look, these, I would have been happy to have an LGBTQ family who would have provided for me, loved me, encouraged me. Mm, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't have to uh, tomorrow, Lord willing. If the Lord wills, Lisa, <laughs> we'll come back and address it. I think that is a great question. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.